0: What's the drink of choice tonight? Well, you know, I'm not promoting it, but I like some old cold beer. I think I'm gonna have one. I'm not promoting it now.
1: going to go ahead and bring it back here because i got a feeling a very strong feeling i know what's going on here uh teddy is still out on the uh riverwind floor gambling somewhere so he is not back (laughs) to start the segment just trust me i just know this okay uh he's not back yet i don't know maybe he's got some free spins going on at riverwind or something free spins dude what do you what
0: what am i supposed Um, to do tyler i mean come on man
1: i okay i don't care if you're late for a segment But I do care if you're late for the Friday at five segment because you miss uh, Arkansas head coach Sam Pittman when he when he talks.
0: Uh, uh, I like me some cold beer. Yeah, man. Come on, dude. Hey, listen. If I get you know, if I don't show up when I'm at Riverwind, I'm free spinning it, baby. Okay, so just I know. I'm sorry, Sam.
1: Hey,
0: you know what's. What's the deal with Arkansas? I have I've heard nothing about what's going on at Arkansas this year.
1: Uh, they lost a ton of players via the portal yeah. and you know why you don't hear a whole lot about Arkansas? It's just, man, I Alabama's in the West, LSU's in the West, A and M's in the West, Lane Kiffin is in the West. They're just a storyline that often gets buried in that conference and they're at best a lot of years the fourth or the fifth best roster in their own division, and Arkansas is a team that's. I think it's it's exciting for the rest of the SEC to add Oklahoma and Texas, but yeah. I there, there's there's some schools where I don't think it's a good thing, and I look directly at like Arkansas and A and M as probably the two mm-hmm. teams that this is not good news that OU and Texas are rolling in that league.
0: Yeah, I, I'm. You know, it's not that I care about Arkansas. We don't have to spend any time on it, but. They lost their offensive coordinator to Texas Christian University. Um, last year had some hiccups. I, you know, you had some real good momentum going with Arkansas. Did they lose it? And you're right with Texas and Oklahoma coming in. I did they did they lose that momentum and can they regain it? I don't know. We'll see. Um, I know for us we've got to gather the momentum. I have we lost it? Tyler, is that something we should be talking about? I mean, yeah. If we don't I have mean, a big crowd sure. for the spring game is 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 that uh, is the the is the the crowd size indicative of whether or not we've lost momentum? Um,
1: okay. No. I and I think they're going to get over 50k tomorrow. But like Have you lost the momentum as a team maybe after back-to-back years for not playing for their conference championship? I don't think so with the fan base. I think the fans got – I'll tell you what helped quite a bit, even after a 6-7 and season, is I feel like that top-five recruiting class really gave a much-needed boost to what's going on here. And the fact that you get to see a lot of those freshmen tomorrow – I mean, think about it, man. We talked about it. Kyler Murray should be the main draw tomorrow. Whether it is or it isn't is a separate conversation, but – it was one of the main draws tomorrow is to see PJ Adibare and Jackson Arnold and Josiah Wagner, who Brett Vittables keeps raving about. That top five class really kind of helped keep the excitement around going into next year. At least I think.
0: Yeah. Um, I I agree, I agree. Um, and I I think this year's recruiting class could could be perhaps just as good as last year. Um. I mean, it's you get a big bump for signing a, a five-star quarterback, and the way that Jackson Arnold performed in all of those camps and everything continued to boost uh, that recruiting class. And you know, there were some guys that, and, and maybe the kid that um, that just committed today is one of those like because Jackson Arnold. Out of Barre, there was a bunch of guys that really climbed the recruiting rankings, and um, we'll see if that happens again this year. That could happen with the quarterback um, commitment we got, could happen with the the first offensive lineman commitment that we've got. So, yeah, I think there's some some good things in the future for this recruiting class too.
1: Uh, Let me read a few texts here and then we'll move on. Uh, Guys, think how much trash Texas fans, Texas A&M, USC – are going to run if we can't pack the palace like we did last year. I mean, USC doesn't have any reason to talk about spring game attendance, but yeah, I mean, you're a target right now. All, all Texas fans, good or bad, they'll just comment 49 nothing. I've seen that on our own ref Twitter page this week. How what's the attendance going to be like? And they're all saying 49,000 or 490 in attendance. They're that's their comeback to everything. It's yeah, it's tough.
0: Hey, we earned it though, and kudos to them. That's what a rivalry should be, right? If you beat your rival forty-nine to zero, you you've earned the right to uh, to roll around in it for for a year. So, yeah, I, I I think that I'm not worried about us having a sparse crowd. Uh, is it going to be an entire packed lower bowl like it was a year ago? I don't know, but I think there's going to be. Uh, A Plenty plenty good crowd for us to to be excited about. We'll see.
1: Sean says uh, there is a 75% drop-off in vein injections, fire emojis, and talk of Schmitty workouts. It's concerning. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Uh, Greg from Lawton says spent some time with Georgia fans on the cruise, and they don't seem to respect a lot uh, for OU coming into the SEC. Remarkably, They had the idea Texas is the threat long-term. We know how that story ends. Huh. Yeah. I wonder if the rest of the SEC thinks that way. Uh, One more. I don't know if I've ever been more excited to watch a player in the spring game like I am with JFA. That's from Dylan. Okay, that's perfect, Dylan, because I at least want to bring up that conversation. Now, I don't know who out there is rooting for it or isn't rooting for it, but there is absolutely a scenario tomorrow where Jackson Arnold plays better than Dylan Gabriel, okay? Um... What's going to be, what what's what's going to be the big take tomorrow? If Arnold has the better game than that of uh, of Dylan Gabriel, your returning starter, is it going to be like what I think it is? Is this going to be the Caleb Williams Spencer Rattler thing all over again, or are we not going to do that for the second time?
0: Uh, no, that's it. That's what it will it will be. Definitely, hundred percent guaranteed. That is. Uh, that is exactly what it will be. And, you know, I don't know if right, it's going to be difficult for Jackson Arnold to to play better than Dylan Gabriel if it is one offense versus two defense and uh, two offense versus one defense, you know, because he'll have an inferior offensive line up against the number one defense. It's, that's going to make it difficult on him. Yeah. Um and just like it did, you know,
1: Arch in his spring game last Saturday,
0: right? So, yeah, I don't know. Well, I guess I'm not. I'm not taking it off the table that he's going to play better than him. I, I, he's going to have some wild plays. It's just, it's just going to happen. Whether it's the arm or or the legs, he's going to have some wild plays. Um, I don't. I don't know. I guess. I can't, well, maybe there's a scenario that exists where we're having that conversation, but I think it's something that is more likely to occur in the fall with Jackson Arnold because I think they're going to find a way to get him snaps and get him on the field. And if kind of like we saw with Caleb Williams before he took over, right? And if he's able to be productive, and, and score and move the offense, I think the the role will expand and he'll continue to have a, a place in the offense, and you never know where that could lead. Like That would be, in my opinion, the more likely scenario.
1: Okay, and, and I agree. Regardless of what happens tomorrow, Gabriel's your starting quarterback. He's going to be, yeah, 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 all, all that agreement. Okay, but I, I want to focus on what you said or have said about Arnold having a role within the offense next year. Yes, we've seen it before, and it's been like a situation where the backup is a little bit more of a dual threat than the starter. I think that's the case here. So are we talking about Arnold getting in the middle of drives and running the ball? Uh, is he there more of a throw threat? Like, if, if if that happens, what you say is true, like what's the role when he gets in the game?
0: Yeah, I think I think it would be more of a dual threat role. Um and it would probably start off the year by um, being dual threat, and but mainly being a run-oriented package. Yeah. And I think it would be something that you would see to start off drives um, after an explosive play, maybe a like a turnover by the defense or a long kickoff return, something where you start a drive off with Jackson Arnold in that package. Um, I don't think because of how rhythm-oriented Levy calls plays, I don't know that you, it was something that you would see in the middle of a drive necessarily, uh, maybe. But I think more likely after an explosive play off a return or a turnover by a defense or maybe down on the goal line, red zone type of deal, and I think it would be heavier run early to, to have it, be really skewed statistically for teams that study it. And whenever you absolutely need it, you'll have big chunk plays available off of play action in the passing game. That's what I would expect.
1: Well, I mean, if you think about it, there's some real incentive in doing that. Um, One, it's a change of pace. It's a different look. Two, it's a more athletic quarterback three. And this is probably where the real incentive is is you're going to the SEC in 24, and he's going to be your starting quarterback, it would not be the worst thing to find ways to get him some real game experience this year. Unlike Gabriel, just starting from game one all the way to game 12, Arnold just getting mop-up duty. Like I, I think there's some real incentive in getting Gabriel or getting a uh, getting a uh, Jackson Arnold in some big moments this year. I don't think that's a terrible idea yeah. for
0: next year. No, I. I I would be I would be surprised if it didn't happen. I think they will be quicker than you typically would be to get the backup quarterback in the football game. Because I, I don't... You know, we've seen in the past where, I mean, for a long time, Oklahoma didn't hardly play their backup quarterback at all, no matter what the score was. And that was... I, I'm not going to say it was totally about padding the stats for those quarterbacks that were on Heisman type of campaigns and runs, but you know that was that that's a factor. Like you want your quarterback to have huge numbers so you can recruit to that, right?
1: Sure. Um
0: I I just I don't know. I think they they will probably be a little bit more uh, likely or concerned with. Getting their their young guy geared up for that first SEC year, than it's, than it's we've too, seen in the past.
1: Yeah, I mean it's just such a big year, and everyone knows it's there. It's yeah, I I I think it's a good incentive plan to go ahead and, and get him out there and see how he responds. And, yeah, yeah, maybe maybe he maybe he plays well, and maybe that is uh, expanded into a bigger role. But Dylan Gabriel's your guy, and we get questions all the time, like okay, like but when is when is he going to take over? When's Jackson Arnold going to take over? I got it here today at Center Station. Okay, but seriously, when is Jackson Arnold going to take over? And we always reference the schedule like I just – unless something out of left field happens that I don't expect with that soft schedule, I think Gabriel's probably going to perform really well in the first half of the season.
0: Yeah. Well, um, uh I – I'm anxious to see the young kid develop, but I, and you know how I feel, I think Dylan Gabriel is, is going to have a much better campaign than he had a year ago. Um, He's got limitations. He's, you know, he, he's, he's above adequate across the board. He's above average across the board. But I don't know that there's any one trait necessarily that he is elite at. And that's, you know, that's, that's it. Because I don't think Jackson Arnold is elite at anything yet either because of inexperience. I believe he will be elite. I, I believe in two years' time perhaps he could be the best quarterback in all of college football. He's not there right now. And that is sure. 100% okay.
1: Uh, By the way, I'm at Sooner Station, University North Park in Norman, SoonerStation.com. The spirited senior living community you've been waiting on. Again, that's SoonerStation.com. And we don't even have to pump uh, Riverwind Casino. Teddy just missed the top of the hour because he's playing free games. So I guess get out there and win free games like he did. I don't know.
0: There you go. All right, uh, quick timeout. More from the Rush coming up. Keep hitting the text line, 651-3439.
1: Taking you into the spring game weekend here in Norman. It's the rush on the ref. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. A reminder, if you're coming to the spring game tomorrow, come say hi. We'll be be on Campus Corner, I should say. Yo Pablo from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. and then 4.30 to 6.30 after the game. So four hours before, two hours after it, Yo Pablo on Campus Corner. We're going to have some recruits and former players over there. That's going to be fun. We'll also be at Balfour of Norman on Campus Corner from 10 a.m. to noon. Uh, Steely will be over there. Toby will be over there for a bit. So uh, it's going to be a really – tomorrow's going to be a really, really fun day, I think, for everyone. And it's going to be cool for Kyler to have another moment. Do you think he's going to speak at halftime like Baker did last year?
0: Yes, I do. How do you think it's going to
1: go? You think he's going to just be great, fantastic, personable, all of it? I
0: I think it'll last somewhere between fifteen and thirty seconds. <laughs> um, a thank you to the fans, to former teammates, to uh, all of the coaches, um, parents. It'll be quick. He's he's not a long-winded fella, and Whenever you grab the mic in front of 50,000 people, it's all you can think about is handing it to someone else. So uh, I wouldn't expect him to go on for very long. I could be wrong, though, you know? You never know. He he the, could, uh, all of a sudden, there's a statue of you outside a stadium, could get sentimental on us.
1: The most important part of that, Teddy says uh, a microphone with 50,000 people. So Teddy is uh, predicting a... 50,000 fan turnout tomorrow, so down from his 60,000 from earlier.
0: Well, just, you know, just a roundabout number I'm throwing out there, Tyler. Come on now. 60,000. Hey,
1: did you see the midfield logo and the 25-yard logo for tomorrow? The 25-yard logo was a uh, crimson number one with a Heisman trophy next to it, like Baker's last year, and then the midfield logo was the – State of Oklahoma and Crimson with, I think I think there's an OU logo in the middle of that. But I, I just think it looks sweet when they do the uh, number with the Heisman Trophy logo on the 25s. So that's like that's a really, it's a flex, and it's also a really cool look.
0: Very cool. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, looks awesome. Field always looks good, man. Um, it's cool in the spring game when they can, you know, get a little more creative and, and do some, some different things. It's awesome. Yeah, I like that. It's gonna have a good look. Uh, and it'll look good surrounded by sixty thousand people. There you go, Tyler. How about that? Yeah,
1: there you go. We we may get him up to seventy thousand by the time we'll get out of here. I, I, I just guess we'll I guess we'll see. White team leads the red team six to five. Uh, if there's a score update on that, we'll let you know by the time we get out of here. Twelve minute quarters tomorrow, unless someone gets to the target score in the fourth quarter then the fourth quarter won't be a 12 minute quarter whatever i really, really the the thing tomorrow is you can somewhat pay attention to the score but mostly just watch individual players is really how you should take in the spring game tomorrow or at least that's how i'm going to attempt to do so
0: yeah yep yeah, i think so i think it's um i think it's best to watch some individual players individual one-on-one matchups don't get don't get too beat up about um you know if if jackson arnold's making some mistakes uh, especially if he's going to be going with uh the twos against the number one defense you know protection could be an issue um you know winning some routes could be an issue with the wide receivers like don't make too much about that um watch some one-on-ones, enjoy the festivities, uh, scope out some of the young talent, expect them to make some mistakes. The freshmen, newcomers, keep it in perspective. Those guys are supposed to be in the spring semester of their senior years, and this is their 15th practice with the big boys. Some of those guys are 17 years old going up against guys that are 22 23 so just keep it all in perspective you you're you don't expect your team to look like a championship caliber squad this early in the year so uh, while i think there's going to be some really good stuff that happens out there there's probably going to be some bad stuff and (laughs) um you know one man's success is going to be another man's pain out there, unfortunately, whenever yeah. you all play for the same team.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, what's inter- there are several position battles going on right now um, on both sides of the ball, and tomorrow, I guess, is an opportunity for several of those position groups. Where would we say, like, the three most heated position battles are going on right now? And would Kanik and McKenzie battling for that other backer spot be one of them?
0: Yeah, Mike Backer, corner, Um, I would say, you know, to to some degree or another, I would say defensive end. Um, Like, I'm not exactly sure how all that's going to unfold. You've got Bothroyd, who, whenever I've been out there, looks the best. You've got Downs and Grimes, who are kind of uh, the incumbents, but by no means are they guys that you expect to just walk out there and have the starting roles. Uh, you still got Trace Ford, who hasn't done a whole lot this spring, but as long as he stays healthy this fall, you expect him to factor in to some degree or another. And uh, you've got P.J. Atabare and Stripling, in the mix as well is there anyone else that i'm mixing i mean there, it's a full room at edge and other than bothroid who i would say personally should be a concrete starter I i don't know who necessarily the other guy's going to be
1: well that's interesting like the three most heated position battles then are all on the defense and i mean i i guess there's a position battle for the number one wide receiver but yeah i mean i how about this yeah, your more critical position battles are on defense as well. How about that? That other backer spot, the other corner spot, and where you're trying to get a pass rush from. I, I yeah, I feel pretty like your three most critical position battles are probably on the defense. Thinking, kind of thinking out loud on
0: it. I would, I would say offensively. You know, Walter Rouse is not going this this spring, so I backup left tackle I think is an important spot but whoever's playing that backup tackle spot right now who's who's kind of vying for I guess what you would say the spring starting left tackle spot like that's not just a that's not just a tryout for the left tackle that's really a tryout to be in the best five because If Rouse comes back, grabs that left tackle spot, I think there's a chance that if you've got guys that are performing really well and Rouse comes in and takes that role, like those guys are open to bump down and take a guard spot from somebody. So, I mean, I'd watch everyone across the offensive line because you've got like Caden Green's going to play left tackle in the spring game. By no means does that mean that he is stuck at left tackle, and when Rouse comes back, that Beanbo may not slide him down to a guard if he feels like it, yeah. it. You know, it helps him get his best five out there.
1: Zane in Tulsa says me on Twitter after Texas spring game. Arch Manning sucks. Also me after OU spring game. Hey, Jackson Arnold is an early arrival. Let's give him some time. <laughs> that's yes. That's that's exactly how it works. I love that. Uh, let's roll through about four or five here before we hit a break. Guy says, "Is there a chance Canick or McKenzie will see any time at Will Backer?"
0: No. Well, I guess I guess that's not a total no. Um, I, I I guess I would be surprised by it. I think both of those guys have. To the best of my knowledge, unless things have changed recently, to the best of my knowledge, those guys have played exclusively at the Mike Linebacker position. Um, And Stutzman has played exclusively at the Will position. Um, It's not out of the realm of possibility that one of those guys could play Will. Um, That could happen. I... I guess I would say right now it's unlikely, but ultimately you would like those two spots to be somewhat interchangeable. Um, They're not right now with with where we are mentally as a linebacker group, but you would like that to become the case. But I would expect both those guys to be spending the majority of their time at Mike's.
1: Drew from Flower Mound, Tyler, I know you mentioned it with Cale Gundy. I think it's awesome that Alan Patrick is back here. Born in 99 and growing up, I was a big AD fan, but Alan Patrick was a damn good running back. And, of course, as you mentioned, that spin versus A&M was crazy. There's been some good spin moves in the history of OU football. But if we're judging the spin moves uh, in the past 25 years – That spin move that Alan Patrick put on uh, an AM defender in 2006 is about as good as it gets. It's pretty nasty.
0: I don't know if I've seen that play.
1: Oh, well. I probably have, but maybe just don't remember it. It got called back. Um, It had nothing to do with Alan Patrick, and really, I don't think it had a lot to do. Like, it really didn't affect the play. I think it was a holding call, but, I mean, he would have scored anyway. Um, unfortunately, it got called back, but it was it, it's a nice spin move, real nice. Um, look, yeah. Two more, two more, and we'll take a break. So, who is Stutzman's backup at will? Do they just slide them around, or is there a clear two behind him? Not named Kanik or McKenzie.
0: Kip Lewis has been uh, playing the number two will backer. Whenever I've been out there, um, that's what I've seen. Does that mean that someone else hasn't played it, that that Kanick hasn't slid over there? No, but I have not noticed that. Kip Lewis, from what I've seen, is the backup. Will Backer, and he is good. He's just small. He's just light. He's like 205, 210, uh, but he's got great feet. He makes plays. He's really productive. Um, You know, it's just hard that, you know, if you get – you get a climbing 320-pound guard up on him, it's it's going to be a, a battle that he's most likely not going to win very often. But he's a really good player. Uh, give him a year, and if he can if he can get some good solid weight on him to get around that 220 number, uh, gain 10, 15 pounds, look out for that dude now because he can absolutely fly.
1: Gunny says Coach B is a magician at placing guys along the offensive line. Yeah, I mean, that's not. I'm optimistic about the O line. I just wish they were fully healthy to. I know this is a development stage, but. Get a better picture. I, I think the issue the past couple of years, yeah, is they've just been going into the year and not having the best picture of what their best lineup is. And I wish they had a better opportunity of that this spring. Unfortunately, they don't.
0: Yeah. Yeah, get some continuity. Remember, Wanye didn't – did he miss the first four games last year? Was was that when he came in or was it three? I don't remember, but we, we didn't really have great continuity the entire year, and yeah. it would help a lot. I mean, hopefully Walter Rouse is healthy, ready to go, and whenever you start training camp, you've got your five – uh, like I wouldn't mind competition there throughout, but I'd I'd like it to be set. Whenever you take the the field in the first game, I we're playing with our best five, and and we know who that's going to be as we uh, as we roll through the season.
1: Sooner Station is where I'm at. University of North Park. SoonerStation.com. The spirited senior living community you've been waiting on. Check out all their amenities. SoonerStation.com.
0: All right, quick timeout. We'll be back. Keep hitting the text line. Stay tuned.
1: The Riverway Casino and Hotel bringing you the final hour, taking you into the weekend, spring game weekend. We'll see you tomorrow on Campus Corner at Yo Pablo from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Uh, and then 4.30 to 6.30 after the game, as well as Balfour of Norman on campus corner from 10 a.m. to noon. we got to fill up that stat sheet brought to you by Dorsey, Jones, Buick, GMC, and El Reno. I-40 and exit 125, just 20 minutes to OKC, uh, from OKC, I should say, a little drive to big savings. This has become kind of a Friday tradition for us during softball season. We'll throw in a spring, uh, spring game question as well. Who leads OU in home runs this weekend on the softball team as a three-game set against Baylor is about to take place? Who you got, and why? Ah, uh, so many uh, options.
0: Hmm. I who, who are you taking? What do you mean? Who do I got, and why? Who are you taking? I was, well, you, you don't want the
1: T-box on this thing? Okay, uh, I guess I'll take it. I am going to go with, um, you've got two hitters who are the top 25 and player of the year. Which one do I want to go with? Let's go with T.R.A. Jennings. Oh. T.R.A. Jennings. You can oh go with Jada gosh. Coleman, Alyssa Brito, Grace Lyons. Who? I mean, you can go with whoever.
0: Uh, I gave you the
1: opportunity to go first, so you can't be mad at me.
0: I always go T.R.A. Jennings. I didn't think that's where you were going to go. I'll go Jada Coleman.
1: So we have the two finalists for player of the year. How original are we? Look at us. Really thinking outside the box here.
0: Well, I mean, that's the reason they're the finalists, right? So um, why don't you take the freshman?
1: Which one? Jocelyn Erickson? Is that who you want me to take? Um, No, I'm not. No, I am happy and I'm content with my selection of T.R.A. Jennings leading OU in home runs this weekend. And by the way, I think there's going to be more than a few home runs. Baylor, um, they did something really dumb, and you just don't, don't come after OU. It's not going to end well. Texas. Uh, found that out the hard way. It's just, you, you didn't need to say it, Teddy. Yeah, you beat him yeah. the first time. Everyone knows that. You just didn't need to say it. And why did you say it? Oh, gosh. Mm, I'm nervous for Baylor. Um,
0: well, I'm glad they did. Uh, how, when is, how far are we getting away from postseason starting in the Diamond Sports? A couple of weeks?
1: Uh, a few weeks, yeah. Big 12 tournament coming up, and I think it's in, in less than a month.
0: So yeah, it's because we've it's, got – It's
1: getting
0: here. It's crazy. Uh, April has flown by. Um, I know it's not over yet, but, geez, um, time is uh, quickly ticking by. Well, yeah, I expect um, – I expect that we're probably going to get a run rule heavy type of weekend from softball. We may get a run rule shutout type of weekend – Maybe. From you Softball.
1: They're pissed, so there's, everything's on the table. Yeah. Uh, let's see. The answer is Haley Lee, is, says the text line. Uh, Gunny says JFC, JFC. You softball fans can figure out what that means, I'm sure. Haley Lee is the low-hanging fruit. Haley Lee will lead in home runs. Jeez, this is like the Haley Lee fan club on the text line. I'll take Haley Lee. Oh, my God. <laughs> Everyone's taking Haley Lee. Uh, makes me want to change my pick. Sounds like you uh you all are on to something. Camo Sooner says sitting on my zero turn mower, listening to y'all. Great job as always. Appreciate that. Um let's let's fill up the stat sheet though real quick on um on the spring game tomorrow. Uh give me the overall rushing yards for the leading rusher tomorrow. I think we both believe it's going to be Tawee Walker, but what are we talking about with Tawee Walker's line tomorrow?
0: I don't know. <sighs> 'Cause you've got Hicks, you've got Sawchuck, uh, you've got Tawi Walker. I there's a I think they're gonna split the reps up a bunch at running back, so I wouldn't expect the the number to be super high. I'll go Tawi Walker with eighty yards rushing.
1: How many carries? I have seventy-eight yards rushing. I had ten carries, seventy-eight yards, two touchdowns for Talwee Walker.
0: I'll go. I'll go twelve carries. For twelve 80. carries,
1: eighty yards. How many touchdowns?
0: Oh, I don't know. Let's go five. Two touchdowns.
1: Six? Okay, just two. Okay, all right. Sounds good. Yeah, I. Uh, he's my spring game MVP tomorrow, and I think he's going to have a really good day on the ground, but. Yeah, Caleb Hicks, man, freshman back. That We'll see what type stud. of role he plays within the offense. But, yeah, you've been out to practice enough to say that he's a stud. And he's one of those guys that I don't know if he can do anything to make people not believe that your 1-2 is going to be Barnes and Sawchuck. But you might walk away from the game tomorrow saying, jeez, in a matter of two years, DeMarco Murray's really built up that, that running back core.
0: Yeah. DeMarco is – I'll just tell you, man, he is a, he's a, he's a special individual. I, I don't, I don't know. He may stay at Oklahoma forever for all I know. Okay. Uh, He may be totally content with his role uh, at Oklahoma and what he does being a position coach, but Man, the guy is hes charismatic. He's super outgoing. He works a room. Last night at, at the alumni event, he he was everywhere talking to everyone. I, the guy flat out could be a head coach if he wanted to. He's got a good school know. feel
1: about him, too. I, I know he he's does. a newer era player, but... Have you ever heard anything about DeMarco and recruiting and NIL? Like, he's not against NIL, I don't mean it that way, but he wants you to he kinda wants you. wants you to earn it with the NIL. He's 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 old school. I, I like it.
0: I'm telling you, he's he's special. He's special. You know, a lot of a lot of the former players, especially guy of his notoriety and caliber, um kind of come in and, you know, do they really? Do they, do they grind at the coaching thing like some other guys do? That maybe had to take a little bit different path to get there. Uh, maybe not necessarily. I, that's he is not that way at all. He is a worker. He 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 gets it done. He doesn't complain. He's right there in the mix with everyone. And like I said, man, he he is leveraging connections yep. and uh just the, the outgoing and i don't know man I, i'm just i'm super yeah. super impressed with the guy
1: well i mean he when he came in he wasn't if i remember correctly i think after his first year some things happened with some guys going to the draft early It like it, it the the running back room wasn't in the best spot but all, all that to say is that he's he's restocked it and he may have the best one-two duo OU's had at running back since Mixon and P. Ryan. Like, well, time will tell on that. But there's real optimism. He's going to get a couple of more really good running backs this year. Like, yeah, he's he's earned everything that he's got well, so far. He's good.
0: Last year, last year was the first year Tyler that he could go out and recruit. Remember the COVID yep. stuff? Uh, you know, you couldn't do the in-home visits and you couldn't go you couldn't go out and, and make the rounds. So, and we talked about that on here. You couldn't really get the full effect of his personality and of his star power. and Now that they're able to go out and recruit and see coaches and uh, or see high school coaches and, and go in-house with kids, like I think you're starting to see that effect that he has for sure.
1: Um, one more. <laughs> Haley Lee will rush for 75 yards and two touchdowns. That's the uh, pick to click <laughs> on the text line. Nice job.
0: That's funny. Very, very nice. All right, we got to hit a quick timeout. We've got the final segment coming up next. Final chance on the text line, 651-3439. We'll be back.
1: Final segment. It is the rush on the ref. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. We'll see you tomorrow at Yo Pablo on Campus Corner and Balfour of Norman starting at 10 a.m. for the spring game. Uh, Lloyd on the text line says, My three things to one and see at the spring game. One, Booty really does need to move the tight end. LOL, LOL. Second, watching the cheetah spot. Third, MVP of the spring, Tawie Walker with 179 yards and two touchdowns. Wow, Lloyd. Wow. You think uh, Tawie Walker is going to look like Adrian Peterson out there. Dang. Um, yeah, cheetah spot, though, will be interesting to see – uh, Harrington out there, What Desaun McCullough, what he's doing, where he's playing. I mean, it's arguably going to be most years the most interesting spot of the defense, and this year is no difference.
0: Yeah. I, um, I heard perhaps we may not see a whole lot of Harrington at Cheetah. Um,
1: like he's not going to play or he's just going to be playing somewhere else?
0: No, like he he may not play. If he does, may not get a whole lot of reps. Um, bummer. Just being just being cautious with him. I know it is a bummer because uh, I was really hoping to see him showcase what he's what he's done and the improvement that he's made. Because um, uh, I I think uh, I think he's going to be a superstar.
1: I think we just lost Teddy. I think we got him back. But yeah, no, that's I'm, that's I'm, a great way to end. I'm here, yeah. it. Okay. Yeah, he's yeah. Um, well I everyone's been waiting on it for quite some time, and you know, he had a great spring. Hopefully he has a great training camp. But and I think that this is fair. Most people are in the camp, especially if they don't get to seen tomorrow, that well, we're gonna have to wait. This team, a lot of individual individual players, position groups, the attitude will be, well, I just gotta see it before I believe any of it. And Harrington is kind of the poster child for that in terms of an individual player
0: yeah yeah i, I i'm uh, i'm not worried about it it doesn't sound like it's anything serious because i think he may he, he may still play some uh but i i he's going to continue to improve and like i said i think there's a chance he's a star all right if he continues to come around he could he could be one of the better players defensively in the conference, especially that's, that's not like a pass rusher or something like that. So um, I'm interested to – can't wait to see him continue to develop. All right, that's it for us. Um, we'll see you guys. What time are we starting uh, pregame tomorrow, 10 a.m., Tyler? 10
1: a.m. Uh, to 2 p.m. and then 4.30 to 6.30 postgame. See you
0: there. Going to be fun. Hope to see everyone out there. Be safe. Get there early. Tailgate. Let's uh, let's go out and support these guys. That's it for us. We're out of here.